This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, go ahead and open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. Back to Genesis 1, verse number 26 today. And then you may want to find and put your finger over in Genesis chapter 5, verse number 3. I want to bring you a message today entitled, Peace by Peace. Probably should give you a disclaimer. This beginning of this message left people very shaken to the point some had to leave the building in the first service. I don't know a lot of things. I've come to realize. I used to think I knew about everything. I remember one time when Michael, uh, Pastor Michael was probably 17, 18. He and I and Pastor David were riding down the road. and He kind of looked around. He said, you know, guys, he said, none of us know everything, but I think between the three of us, we all know it all. You know, and I said, yeah, all right. But uh, I've come to realize that we probably all uh, uh, only know just a slim portion of, of what God really wants for us. But this thing I do know, I do know when the Spirit of God speaks to my heart. And so what I'm going to share with you this morning came directly from him. Father, before I read your word, I ask you today that you'll prepare our hearts, that you'll speak to us, and that you'll change who we are. Lord, this is my desire to take this congregation that you've entrusted to to our care, those of the pastors and leaders of this church, and Lord, that we go where you are calling us to go. And today we're going to go into a place of truth that may be painful in our lives. But Father, speak to us. And reveal yourself to us. Because in you there's always hope. In you there's always joy. Thank you, Father, for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Two scriptures that discuss whose image you could be in. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And notice this, and let them rule so that they might rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock over all the earth and over all the creatures that move along the ground notice that beginning that we would make them in our image in our likeness and let them rule genesis chapter 5 verse number 3 reads like this when adam had lived 130 years he had a son in his own likeness notice this in his own image, and he named him Seth. Let me just go ahead and say, the image that you bear determines the life that you live. The image that you bear determines the life that you live. If you have a choice, who do you want to look like? The first of our sermon here comes from a moment that many of you may have shared with me. I want to set the scene for you. What you're about to see is a moment that took the glamour and the facade of Hollywood and allowed the truth to slip past the lights and through the camera. In this moment, the room was united, the internet lit up as people found themselves on common ground. At this moment, I'm taking you back just a few months, it is the last season of a show that had run for 15 seasons. They bring the original winner, Kelly Clarkson, to the stage. And she bears her heart for all the world to see. And I think the reason that people have been so affected this morning is we share 
common ground. Did you see the pain? The pain of being abandoned? The pain of a hurting person? The pain of the people in the room who were all the reflection broken? And they saw that moment where this brave woman shares her soul with the world. And for just a moment, so many of them saw themselves. If you look past the pain, though, I, I saw a little further to regret. I, I, I saw as people looked ahead and realized the pain that their children will face. Knowing that some of that pain is at their own you know, we all grow up wanting to project our own image. We all grow up wanting to be ourselves. The little brother who resents having to wear the older brother's clothing, just fighting to be himself. The younger sibling challenged by teachers because they have the, had the joy or the curse of having their older brother or sister and said, don't be like them, but wanting someone to see them for who they are. Or that moment when people tell you that you look just like your parent and they expect you to act just like them as well. All because of the image you bear. The other day I, I pulled up at my brother's house and as I pulled up, he was up in his back field area and he was on his tractor and as he came riding at me, I, I saw my grandfather because he bears his image. You see, we all reflect our parents more than we think. Amen? I want you to notice, though, you're going to bear someone's image, and the image that you bear is going to determine what you're able to do. And, and in those scriptures that we, we began with, they speak of the image choices that we have. We, we really only have two choices of whose image we're going to bear, because as I watched this video, as I saw the pain, as I saw the regret, I wanted to scream through the TV back, I know the one that you're talking about. Not the one who walks away, but the one who picks you up, the one who restores your faith, the one who finds you, who, who never lets you down. I know him. I know who you're looking for. His name is Jesus. But it all determines on whose image we will bear. This is what the Father said in the beginning. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule. He said, let us not be broken. He said, let man be made whole. And, and, and so he said, let man be made in our image. And so a whole image of Christ became an example for us. And a whole image of Christ became a goal for our lives that we might be whole. Not broken people, but whole people. And this is what God showed me that I'd never seen before in this passage. He said, let us make them whole, because when they're whole, they will be able to rule. When they're whole, they'll be able to have dominion. When they're whole, they won't be chased by the broken pieces of lives that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. I don't know why this has come out three times now this morning, but you know, according to my history, according to my DNA, according to, to the, the generational things that are passed down to me, I, I remember the drunken phone calls. I, I remember the, the abuse of family that, that couldn't stay out of a bottle. I remember those things and that's supposed to be who I am. 
I'm supposed to be a fourth or fifth or sixth generation drunken Native American. That's who I'm supposed to be. But because two kids who'd been sent to Fort Benning, Georgia, down in Columbus, Georgia, walked into a little church and they met a father who'll never walk away, who'll never run. That's not my past anymore. I was given an image that I can live up to that's different, that's better, because we have a father who is good. All because of Jesus. All because of the one who is whole. He said, I've come that I can take broken, splintered people who reflect brokenness and I can put them together piece by piece and make them whole. Because it's the image we bear that determines the way that we will do. Because the other image is this. It says in Genesis 5.3 that they no longer were at the image of God, but that Adam had a son who bore the fallen image of Adam. That... Our children will become us. Our family. Did you hear that in her story? I'm determined not to be you. Let me tell you, if you are determined not to be a broken parent, get ready to end up like that broken parent. If you are so busy running, trying not to be like a broken parent, you're going to find yourself on a circle. But it's time for you to realize something. You don't have to try not to be like somebody. We've been called to be like someone who is not broken, who is whole. And when we make up our minds, we'll not be the broken image, but we'll begin to reflect the glory of God who is whole. Something changes and the curse is broken in our families. Amen. The curse is broken. I didn't come to play games this morning. I came with a message that I fought having to bring, but it's a message of hope because there is a good father and he wants you to reflect him to a lost and dying world that needs to know that there's a father who has not run away. Amen. Oh, why are we able to rule? Because the wholeness gives us the free to be, the freedom to become who God's called us to be. The brokenness limits us to the reflection, and we can only go as far as they went. I see so many people that don't even realize they're limited by the brokenness that's been passed down from generation to generation. Why do you do that? Well, we've just always done it that way. Why? Because you're bearing someone else's image. It's time for what's always been done to stop being done and to start becoming who God's called you to be. You see, we sympathize with Kelly Clarkson not only because of our pain, but because of the truth that we have been affected by. We are image bearers. And because of those reflections, we see a mirror of our own brokenness. We find ourselves desperate to not only be well, but to raise children who are well. Catch this. If we are fragments of reflections of a fractured father, how will we ever raise whole children? Let me say that again. If all we are is a fractured reflection of a broken father, how are we ever going to raise whole children? How are we going to be the dads? See, here's the problem though. And this is, I'm not saying this in any other service, but I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say to you. We look into this reflection, we look into, and all we see is the brokenness of who we are, and we're afraid of what we're passing on, we're afraid of dealing with the truth, but here's the only thing we can do. We've got to look at the problem head on and realize that if I confess my sins, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins, and He can make me whole. He didn't come to make me feel condemned, He came that He might seek that which was lost to save me and make me whole. Pastor Don, why are you so fired up? I'm fired up because it's time for the brokenness to end. 
It's time for men and women to stop running and plant themselves and realize you may have pain and you may be broken, but there is a father who will not walk away and he's wanting to teach you how to be the man and woman of God that he's called you to be. Can I get an amen in here this morning? Amen. What if you have run away? Stop running, plant your feet and realize it's never too late for the grace of God. Amen. You see, we must be transformed into the reflection of the image of the one that is whole. We must be made whole. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17 says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What? You're made in His image, and that allows you to rule, and it allows you to be free. Verse 18, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. How are we going to be made whole? Now, I wonder if I were to poll the crowd today, how many of you would be more like this? Or how many of you would be more like this? Somebody said, please don't ask me. Some of you are ready to be honest. But I fear in my life I resemble more this side than that side. But how will I ever get over there when I carry prejudices and problems and struggles and, and all kind of things that have been passed down. How will I ever get there? How will I ever cross over? I, I don't, again, this is a different service, but, but I, I came from a family that, that was so divided and so prejudiced that, that, that just because you came from a different ethnic background, you were not allowed to set foot on the property. You were not allowed to have equal standing on the, on the family property. Matter of fact, uh, you could be shot for that. That's where I come from. And I'm thankful that my, my dad, I, he tells this story. He tells the story about how he, he looked at the African American drill sergeant and, and, and the drill sergeant looked at him before they were to ship off to Vietnam and they hated each other so much that he said, he said, listen man, you better not see me first in Vietnam. And the drill sergeant said, you don't have to worry, Alan, I'm going to kill you. Why? Because of a generation of brokenness that had been passed down. But when my dad stumbled into that church and found Jesus Christ, that, that next Monday morning, he said he sat there and looked at that drill sergeant. And when that man was looking at him with hate, love filled his heart and tears started running down his face. Why? Because the peace of the, his life that had been given to hate was broken and shattered and he was given over to something better and whole because of Jesus. You might be filled with broken pieces of hate and wrong. Am I making sense to anybody this morning? You might have come in here with the wrong pieces, but but he wants to take the broken pieces and pick them up and make a mosaic called grace and give you hope and make you whole by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor Don, you don't know how broken I am. No, you don't know how good my God is. He is a master jigsaw puzzler. Amen. Come on now. He will take the pieces and make them what you never knew they could be. Amen. I don't know where this is coming from, but you know what? God does not need the front of the box to put the puzzle together. See, that's the problem. You've been trying to put the puzzle together, trying not to be your daddy, trying not to be your mama, trying not to be like that person you hate. And God says, I'm not looking to you to make up the decision of what you're going to become. I'm looking to the one who's whole, and I'm going to transform you into the image of Jesus Christ, and you're going to be better than you ever imagined. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. Amen. So if we're being tra transformed into the image of Christ, I can't believe Kelly Clarkson wrote my sermon, but here we go. Amen. What was the first thing she said over and over again? He never walks away. I was wanting to scream, I know a father who doesn't walk away. 
I know a Father that we can mirror who never walks away. Matthew 28 and 20 says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. What she was declaring is, I want one that will love me unconditionally. Our children need to see this. Our children need to see that even when they don't score and they do mess up, we love them. We're there. It's amazing. You know, when people tell you when you're young, you're going to see things differently when you're older, you don't really believe them. But, but I'm not old, but I'm seeing things differently. As how I was when my children were Charlie's age and how he is now. And I had the privilege of standing in the dugout during ball season. You learn a lot in the dugout during ball season. And they gave me the honor of scooping up the bat the kids were through with and running them back inside. Oh, that's just fun. But there were a couple times when that bat was in my hand. I wanted to take them to a father. Straight up. Your pastor's confessing. I wanted to use that bat and I wanted to teach him a lesson. Because that kid has just went to bat, put everything into it, and they're screaming at him. Why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? And I'm like, come here a minute. They're going to be grown before you know it. Love them. Correct, instruct, but love. I'm thankful that I have a father who doesn't walk away when I'm imperfect because I have given him a whole lot of excuses. I expect him to say, son, you prayed about that a hundred point, you know, 112 times. I forgave you 112 times. That's enough because you, you keep going back. You keep going back. You keep going back. I'm done with you. That's what I expect him to say. But this is what I find. I find a father who says, son, I knew you'd fall 112 times when I, when I died for you and I'm going to keep loving you. And I'm going to keep helping you and I'm going to keep helping you get up until you realize I didn't create you for that sin. I created you to be whole. Amen. Then this next one really got me. He never asked for money. Now what does that have to do with anything spiritual? Acts chapter 17, verse 24 says, He is the God who made the world and had everything in it. Since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve His needs, for He has no needs. He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and He satisfies every need. For in Him, verse 28, we live and move and exist, as some of your own poets have said, we are His offspring. What this tells me is that God will be God even if we don't worship Him. This tells me that God is still God even if man forgets to declare who He is. Because even if we stop and abandon our position of praise, then the very rocks would cry out and the heavens would still declare the glory of God. This tells me that something I needed to hear, that He never asked for money, what it really tells me is this, that God never gives up His position and, and exchanges it to come to a lower position. He is always the Father who is in the right position. Listen to this carefully. When He said to the woman, give me something to drink, it wasn't because He was thirsty. He said to the woman, give me something to drink because He had something inside of Him that He wanted to give to her. He had the water of life and He wanted her to live. Our God never comes to us and says, make me God. He's already God. But where a father in a position is supposed to be. You see, we reflect our Heavenly Father when we live from this position ourselves. So where we become a blessing to our children, a resource to them, a father that makes us whole. Third, he takes care of me. 
First Peter 5, 7, Give me all your worries and cares to God, for He cares for you. He will do whatever is necessary to care for you. He will even oppose you if necessary to care for you. Fourth, He loves me. He loves me. The world is looking for a father who will love them. First John chapter 3, verse number 16. Not John 3.16, but 1 John 3.16. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up His life for us. Listen to this, kid. Jesus gave up His life for us. How will we reflect a whole God, a whole Father? Listen to the rest of the verse. So we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. Listen to me carefully. People will abandon their families in search of themselves, never realizing that the greatest way to find yourself is to give up yourself for your family. I want to scream as I looked at that video. I mean, there's a father who loves you. As I watched it, men with tears streaming down their face, realizing they're the father who's not there. As I watched the little broken girls with, with tears, and then I saw the mothers with a look of pain upon their face, all realizing that we're all pieces, we're all in a mess, we're all in trouble, because we have a world that said, it doesn't matter, live like you want to. But now I've come with a message of hope based upon this simple declaration that if you're looking for a father who will not walk away, who doesn't need you to take care of them, who will take care of you and will love you, his name is Jesus, and he is the answer that will help you take the pieces and make you whole. Listen to this very, very carefully. Listen to the final words of the last verse of this song. Piece by piece He restored my faith. But a man can be kind and a father could stay. Piece by piece He restored my faith. But a man can be kind and a father should be great. I am not preaching to you a father who will let you down. I am preaching a father who is great and who is good, who is faithful and who is strong, who's not afraid of the pieces that you reflect. Pastor Don, you don't know all the damage I've done, all the, all the reflection that I've caused. I have broken my family. I've broken my children. I've broken my marriage vows. I've broken this. I've broken that. And and all you see are the pieces. And he says, I see the pieces, but I want to make something better with the pieces. Give me the pieces. I don't know why this service has been completely different than the others, but I want you to catch this quickly. I also want to talk to those of you who feel abandoned. You are the one singing the song. You're broken. You want to know why you weren't good enough and why they wouldn't stay. And you're hurt. No one can go back and fix things in an instant. You know, kids have the coolest toys nowadays. It's amazing. You know, you always hear people talk. We 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 didn't have uh, you know these Crayolas. We 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 had crayons. We had chalk or we had to use sticks and dirt. We're watching kids draw on their iPads now. How many remember the Etch-a-Sketch? 
never could get those lines straight, right? But how, let's go a little bit further. How many remember the magic slate? The, the toy that really wasn't that great, but you loved it anyway? The magic slate, in case of the kids don't understand, there was a piece of cardboard with black wax. And then there was a, 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 a thin piece of plastic. How many, how many had one of those, Melanie? Yeah. yeah. And it went over it. And you could draw whatever you wanted on the car trip, you know. Some grew better than others. I'd always have a cousin of like, how did you turn? Never mind. But I'd draw it out. And when you were done, and the mess was created, all you had to do was this. And you could start over. Would it not be great if life were that way? Would that not be awesome? If you go, and we know with our sins that that's exactly what Jesus does. He goes, and you're forgiven. Well, what do we do with the pieces that we have in our lives? What do we do when we look more like this than that? What we really want, and I, I as I thought about it, I thought if I told our prop team this, they would have definitely done this, but, but what I really would like is to be able to go, and say, start over. You're still going to deal with pain. You're still going to have peace. But the song kind of says it all. Peace by peace, He restores my faith. And I'm not going to be fixed in a moment. I wish I could fix my kids in a moment. Not been a perfect dad. I've left pieces. But the only way and the only thing I can do is to take those pieces of my life over and allow Him to put them in the image that He wants. Guys, look, the decision's not hard. Stay broken or get fixed. This is not how this sermon went in any other service, but that's how it is. Stay broken or get fixed. It's that simple. Live with the pieces and you will reflect the same for generations to come or do what I declared earlier. Be that couple. Be that one who decides I will serve God. The curse will end here. And you might be shattered, but I promise you when He's done putting you together, you will be more beautiful than you could have ever had. Then, piece by piece, He wants to rescue you. I'm just determined to follow the Holy Ghost. All right? If you're here and you would be honest that between the time you came to Christ and where you are now, you don't look like you did then. Can I, can I see your hand? Why? Piece by piece. He's restoring. And He's showing you that a father can be kind. A father can stay. A father can be kind. I stand before people who join with me just pieces. But we all stand before a God who makes us whole. Bow your heads all over the place quickly. I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. How many of you would take the pieces of your life and give them to Him? I want to tell you what the Holy Spirit just spoke into my heart. Somebody here, you're wanting the person that's near you, besides you, to fix you. But they can't fix you. Only God can fix you all. God is the one who fixes. God is the one who restores. God is the one who heals. 
God is the good Father. Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for the Holy Spirit that I feel. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength and the grace of God that has brought a group of broken people together that we might not stay broken, but that we might be made whole by the blood of the Lamb. Father, you see every hand that's went up that said, I'm willing to give the pieces of my life to you, God. God, I thank you that what you have in store for them is a healing process, is hope, is joy, is peace, is love, is long-suffering and kindness, Father. I thank you for the temperance that's coming to their lives that everything's coming together. And you're going to heal them. Peace by peace. I'm speaking again prophetically, so whoever you are that feels like, like you're literally stand, holding a life that you're not only broken in pieces, but you've returned to sand. And it seems like it's slipping through your hands that it's never too late for God. I declare it again. It's never too late for God to heal you, restore you. Your hope that has died will live again. It will, I feel the Holy Ghost of God, it will live again by the power of God and grace. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for what you have done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around and everybody praying, there's somebody here. You've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and make you whole. You realize that you're a, you're a mess. You're broken pieces. And you're willing to give it to Him and accept Jesus as your Savior today. I'm not going to embarrass you any more than any of the others who raised their hand. I didn't embarrass anybody. But I want to pray with you right where you are. And if that's you, Today's the day you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Hold your hand up high. Hold it up high right now. Thank you, sir. Thank you, young man. Father, thank you, young lady. Are there others today? This is your moment. This is your time. This is your moment. Your time. God's changing lives right now. In Jesus' name. Quickly, I want you to join hands with someone near you. You don't know one of the people that responded may be standing next to you. Let's pray a prayer of faith together. That their lives will be changed forever. The Bible says we confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead that we would be born again. We're going to pray a simple prayer of confession now with these and God's going to change their lives for all eternity. Let's pray together. Jesus, by faith, I believe Your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I will be different. And because of grace, I am now forgiven. In Jesus' name, I give my whole life, my past, my present, and my future to You. Heavenly Father, from this moment forward, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Now, come on, give God some praise this morning. Amen. You can do better than that. Give Him some praise like He deserves. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.